Prepare your ear holes for hoops. It's like a romance with the ball. Get ready for a view of Cleveland basketball from downtown Columbus. Let it ride! This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Let's get it on. I think the last time we recorded a podcast together, Eric Reeser, Matty Ice Hayes, Very Cavalier, uh, I ended the episode by saying the NBA was going to look very different <laughs> the next time we reconvened <laughs> following the trade deadline. Uh, and Matty Ice, uh, after a Super Bowl that was one of the better ones that we had seen in a long time, it, it yeah. still kind of feels like what had happened uh, on the field uh, in Arizona, so it would have been yesterday, so this is Monday, February 13th, we're recording this, still pales into comparison to just what the hell happened big picture in the NBA in the last week alone. It was crazy, right? And when you look back at Super Bowl week and more times than not my entire life, there's nothing that can really put a dent in that shield. The NBA did that and then some during Super Bowl week and it started with Kyrie going to Dallas. Then you had LeBron breaking Kareem's record and then it ended with one of the best players of all time getting traded to the Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant and a whole bunch of other fun trades. Uh, around it it was crazy last week man it was absolutely crazy but I love it I'm here for it I love player movement I love superstar movement and now when we get to the all-star break this weekend coming out of that thing man it's going to be on and popping and especially now the Western Conference is just completely off the chain man off the chain they I mean they did a complete swap of the power (laughs) in the league in the association in, in in one week with Durant going to Phoenix Kyrie going to Dallas yeah um, the Lakers made some moves that, that made their team better. Solid moves, Lakers man. got better. They did. I mean, you watched their first game, former Buckeye, D'Angelo Russell, going back to L.A. You sprinkle in Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, and you got competent guys around Vanderbilt star players. Vanderbilt really helps them you out. You look good, right, dude? That could do some dirty work, rebounding, scoring, defending, a lot of the good things you want just next to star players. And the guys that they had in there this season, even last season, because a lot of the guys that were on last year's Lakers team aren't even in the league right now. And then you look at the guys right now that were just not very good players. And now it looks like there's at least three guys. And you add Rui Hachimura to that too, like four rotation guys that just aren't bad. And I think that's what you want more times than not around star players is just guys that can go out there, do their job. And just as long as AD and LeBron are available, that's a huge if, especially with Anthony Davis, right? Huge if with him. But if those guys can give them a lot of games the rest of the way, Lakers got a lot of work to do to even get to the play-in. But, man, that team gets in the postseason. If you're the Nuggets, if you're the Warriors, if you're Memphis – that ain't a comfortable series at all now that they got those three dudes in there. And I'm happy for D'Lo to get out of Minnesota, get some yeah. more spotlight on him. And it seems like he's matured and all that stuff. Because remember, when he got there, that dude was a kid, man. He was a kid in L.A. when he first got there. You look at some of the pictures, just a complete baby face. But, yeah, I'm liking it, man. The Western Conference, the first round of the playoffs in the West, my goodness. It's going to be nuts. I had admittedly not watched a single Sacramento Kings game mm-hmm. until Saturday when I was just checking in on how they're, they were going to go against Kyrie, who'd been playing really well, and yeah. you know, with um, Mem- with uh, not Min- Memphis or Minnesota, with Dallas in the two games without Luka, and mm-hmm. then Luka joins them in Sacramento for that kind of weird sack town back-to-back. <laughs> right. But right. Th- and they look good, but yeah. I think the Kings are really good. Like, this is a really good basketball team. And I kind of forgot De'Aaron Fox was still a member of the National Basketball Association. Like, that's yeah. basketball Siberia. Mm-hmm. And, and they're really good. And it's one of those trades where you look at, because Demonis Sabonis, remember they got him from the Pacers and mm-hmm. they sent out Halliburton. Both parties are happy with that because Tyrese Halliburton has been incredible for Indy. And Demonis Sabonis combined with De'Aaron Fox, who you highlighted there, like, 
they're entertaining squad to watch. Like they get up and down the floor, man. You watch a lot of their games this season. Like they are really fun to watch. They lead the league in points per game. Like that's what you're getting with Malik Monk and Keegan Murray from Iowa. I know we watched a lot of him here in Big Ten country. Mike Brown's got something going, man. Like I don't know if they're a threat in the playoffs, but as far as just a fun regular season squad to watch, the Kings have absolutely been there. And they had won two close games over the Cavaliers, but mm-hmm. back in December and in November, I think were the each respective contests and. I couldn't tell you a single thing about either of those games yeah. <laughs> just because of how long it feels like it has been uh, since that. I mean, like I'm trying to Google it now with Friday, December 9th was 106-105 win over Cleveland. And I don't remember a single damn thing from that. Um, it looks like Karis LeVert had 22 points. Like, stop me if you remember anything from the last time the Cavs met up with no. the Kings, I guess. But my point being that, you know, they're just – they're kind of hanging around there mm-hmm. and they're, they're a, a great uh, – they're a great compliment to other teams in the West and what could be a foil yeah. if they can hang around there. And I, I don't know what the Phoenix Suns are going to give you because of health. I don't know, you know what the Mavericks are going to be giving you from a chemistry standpoint, mm-hmm. like through one game. Okay. They seem to be Kyrie and Luca okie dokie with each other through three games. Kyrie seems to be an absolute fit with the Mavericks. Yep. Golden state. You still got to get me a healthy Steph Curry. Fair. Uh, I've still got to get a bigger sample size from the Lakers. Those teams I would expect to move up. I would expect Sacramento to still play well, but those other teams that I mentioned to go on heaters, yeah. all health considered, mm-hmm. and then pass them up to would move the Kings to a play-in spot. When you look at the Kings, every team surrounding them has true superstar power right. that I buy more into. Right When you look at even the teams chasing them, Dallas Phoenix Clippers. That's your four, five, six behind the Kings right now in the Western Conference. Even the Clippers right now. I like them bringing in Bones Highland as a little bit of a spark plug there. Their big if is the same thing that's that the Lakers are getting hit with. Their superstars, are they going to be available when it matters? So that's my worry with the Kings is can they sustain what they've been able to do right now and hold on to a top six seed with teams behind them either getting healthier or teams behind them that I believe are just going to be better when we come out of the second half of this season. So just the Western Conference right now, man, I'm with you on Golden State. Like they're the one team, they get whole, they get healthy. I still believe they can beat anybody in the Western Conference in a series, it's just a major what if with Steph and his age at this point. How is he going to recover from a lot of these injuries? But the Pelicans, the Zion news, I mean, that's just horrendous. You look at what's happening down there in New Orleans, that they have to reevaluate him again, even coming out of the All-Star break again because of some injuries. So I'm looking at the West right now, and I have my eye just on the Phoenix Suns because I want to see how quickly they can turn this thing around with Kevin Durant after losing what I think is still a really good crop of players, right? You yep. lose Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. And I know Jay Crowder ended up uh, going to the Milwaukee Bucks, but especially Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. Like, I like those dudes a lot. It's all about Chris Paul, in my opinion. It's all about the health and availability of Chris Paul because Devin Booker and KD alone – I don't know if that's just purely enough to get you through the Western Conference. It might be because those dudes are absolutely nasty, but they need Chris Paul to not even be just the point God. He just needs to be available and healthy, and I think that's going to put that team over the top. And it's crazy that they kept DeAndre Ayton. Like, yeah, how I, he wasn't – how they that, that wasn't ask man. from Brooklyn. I think they got him four first-round picks, though, and several other players. Yep. I know Jay Crowder ended up back in Milwaukee. Uh, he played for Marquette. I, I screwed this over the weekend with Tyvis. I was like, yeah, he played for 
He played in Milwaukee, and Ty was like, he didn't play for the Bucks. I'm like, you're a horrible Milwaukee Bucks fan, because of course he played in Milwaukee. <laughs> and it was like, well, he played for Marquette. Yeah. So technically, but that's kind of what you know what happened. I guess that those are the seismic dealings. Yeah. Um, uh, Gary Payton with the Warriors, I thought was very interesting because I think he, it was reported that he failed a physical and he was held out of the Warriors last game, and mm-hmm. so they're still reevaluating him. But a good move for Golden State, kind of deciding that okay, the James Wiseman thing just didn't work yeah. out. We're gonna get Gary Payton back because he was a really big part of their run last Huge. season. That now, if they can put that hole together mm-hmm. again, make that run. West is tougher. West is better than it right. was last year because I think they got the Mavericks in five games mm-hmm. um, to advance to take on the Celtics in the finals. But it's so weird because last week I didn't think we'd be talking anything no. about the West, and here we are leading the ca- the podcast with it. And that's why I cannot wait to get to the first round of the playoffs yep. just to see how these series aligns and. What about a team like Minnesota when Cat comes back? I know they traded for like another former Buckeye on the move, Mike Conley. He links up again with his former teammate and Rudy Gobert. We'll see if that combination can bring itself, you know, bring this team any type of offensive output that's going to be positive because those guys had a decent connection before when they were teammates. But Anthony Edwards has emerged as a guy. D'Lo's no longer in the mix, <laughs> excuse me, in that situation. So those teams, seven through 10 in the West, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State, Oklahoma City, who's going to go on a run? Because I think that's what you're going to need in the second half is you're going to have to have a week to where you go four out of five games, you pick up wins because the competition is so high in the Western Conference that you absolutely are going to have to have a run, I think, to climb up in the standings because if you're playing the win one, lose one game or lose a couple only win one, you're going to find yourself in a tough situation come postseason time. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. This is Very Cavalier with Reeser and Matty Ice. Were you disappointed at all that the Cavs made no moves by Thursday, by last Thursday? When I saw the second-round picks getting thrown around the way that they were, I was surprised that nothing happened. But when you look at none of the guys in Toronto getting moved, none, none of them getting moved, right? You bring in Jakob Portal. They added to that when a lot of people, myself included, thought they were flipping pieces to get out of there. I'm not necessarily upset about it because where we are currently with our Cavs, they've won six games in a row. The defense looks to be very good at the moment. I just don't look at Danny Green as a needle mover. And I wanted the needle just to move a little bit with someone that you could bring in. Yeah. What we wanted in, what you and I have been talking about since the season started was, can we get a guy in that can come play the three spot? Can we get a guy that can offer some defense and shoot the three ball? I like the idea of Danny Green because I've seen him do that throughout his career. But I think the idea for me right now is going to end up being better than what he's going to bring to the floor. I just don't like an older guy coming off an injury that hasn't played a lot of basketball recently. Mm -hmm. Being a dude that we're going to rely on, I don't know if it's going to be heavy minutes, but he's going to have some type of important role. So I don't hate it. I just don't love it either. Yeah, it it felt like because, like you said, he hasn't been playing much, um, but he has a lot of postseason experience. And he's got, I think, like a career Mm -hmm. 39% three-point percent three-point field goal percentage and I I do think in in what 13 seasons you know he's got enough experience to where in late minutes or in crunch minutes or in relief situations late in the season in the postseason that's where you can say hey we need something right help help us out with something Mm -hmm. here and I I do think that's another reason why they kept Kevin Love Mm -hmm. I think that can be a similar track like I I 
I'm okay with them and how little his minutes Kevin Loves have been. Yeah. And I'm actually okay that they didn't move him at the deadline. If the deal's not there for you, there's no need to force anything exactly. if it's going to send away one of the pillars of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And really, I, I believe Kevin Love is one of the pillars of the franchise. He was one of the, and I'll use air quotes, big three that won a championship. The no only doubt. championship that the Cleveland Cavaliers organization has. So I, I have a lot of love and respect for Kevin Love and understanding that age is going to get all of us eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But and similarly with Karis LeVert, contracts expire at the end of the season. Doubt he'll play for the Cavaliers next year. Mm-hmm. But if there wasn't the ideal trade out there for you, and you're right, they were freaking throwing these things yeah. out like Kit Kats at Halloween. <laughs> second, crazy, you want man. some second round picks? <laughs> hey, we got some second round picks for you. Come on we, down. We're not going to use them, yeah. so here you can have them. And then the teams that get them are like, oh, you know what? We're going to send these second round picks out mm-hmm. too because we don't want the second round picks that you gave us. But here you go, fun coupons yeah. for everyone, and that's the currency. Right. Right. And it feels like first round picks are the currency too, because I think the Nets have like nine first round picks between now and the end of the decade. It's crazy. Insane. So. Insane. So look, I still think we're living in a world, and I know some Cavs fans don't love this, to where Kat Karis LeVert, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, these guys, one of those three is gonna have to be yes. critical. Until we see Danny Green take the spot from those guys. I still think that's going to be the case. And the consistency with those three guys, especially Karras, with his offensive game, I know has been frustrating for a lot of people this year. And that's completely fair. That's the only part of this that gets a little dicey to me. The structure of the team and who they are and what they can be, I completely still believe in that, especially with their top four guys. But you just want to have real depth when you get into the postseason that you can completely know, hey, I know what this guy is going to do when he gets into this moment. And for me, I still think there's a little bit of that question mark there with those three guys, even though all three of them have certain skill sets that could absolutely yeah. help the Cavs out. Because when you look at a small sample size, we'll go back to a Sunday or Saturday night game in Cleveland between the Bulls and the Cavs that you look at Okoro, 27 minutes, at seven points. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Lavert, who had 26 minutes off the bench. He had, we had one point, but it's just everything else that they can do, uh, you know, outside of their scoring right. that you've been leaning on. Mm-hmm. We just kind of wanted to, as fans, like to add some scoring there That's at the it. beginning of the season and to continue that. And they just haven't in stretches. They've, they've had it spots. Yeah. They've been huge. Mm-hmm. The one thing Not that's consistent sca- enough, the one thing that scares me, and I completely agree with everything you said, the one thing that really scares me is that when you look at the result of the, the Bulls game, incredible because the defense was lights out, right? 14 points in the second quarter. Just completely shut them down, awful. right? Their defense has been absolutely incredible, and the Bulls' offense was atrocious. The one thing that worries me, though, is that when you look at between Dean, Jetty, Ricky Rubio, and Karis LeVert, literally only one field goal made combined between the four guys, and that came from Jetty. And that's where the pause comes in and goes, are, is the, are these guys enough Correct. to get you over that hump? Because that pocket of time, when you have rotational guys on the floor and maybe one of only your stars in or just two of those guys in, that's the pocket of time that's going to lose you a playoff game, right? Yep. You cannot have your bench unit going oh of 10 or 11 or 12 from three or whatever it was from those guys those that's the only thing that scares me is i like those guys it's just never consistent enough for me what those guys are bringing to the table and hopefully ricky rubio can be a guy that can step and break step up and bring that veteran presence because i liked that three guard lineup that you saw a little bit in the second half that jb threw out there with spider mitchell uh, uh ricky rubio and then obviously darius garland there between those three guys, it the ball's moving like a little bit. Once Rubio was back and yeah. they were they were able to trust him with more minutes, that would be the direction that they're going yeah. in. 
I know, like that. I love that. I like that because the ball has a little more, bit more pop to it, a little bit more sizzle offensively when those three guys are in there. But everything else that you saw, I, I like for sure, especially between Donovan. Darius was really good, I thought, in the second half. Wasn't really good in the first half at all. But between Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell, and Darius, you couldn't ask for too much from three of your big four. And Evan wasn't no slouch either. So in the month of February, the Cavs are undefeated. So they've won six in a row, we which go. is exactly what you want yep. going into this stretch, which I think is the easiest mm-hmm. record in or the easiest schedule in the NBA, despite having games against the Philadelphia 76ers. You got, I'm looking at two against Boston. There are not much else no. in terms of what should provide this team a legitimate challenge. You've got a pair in Miami uh, March 8th and the 10th. They're going to be in South Beach for that. Trap so, game. Trap series. The I think so, too. Well, so there's, 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 it's a four-game stretch of uh, four games away. So Monday, March 6th, you're at Boston. Mm-hmm. And then those two uh, 305 traps. Yep. And then they're in Charlotte for the back half of the weekend into the next week for a pair of games against the Hornets. Like that four-game stretch, <sighs> it's like you could see this Cavaliers team going one in three and wanting to bang your head against a wall without frustrating those losses. Cause I don't know how much Miami heat basketball you've watched this season, yeah. but they, while despite being an okie dokie team record wise, 32 and 25, mm-hmm. it's awful. Yeah. It's, basketball. It's bad. It's a bad, and they, it's they crazy. Jimmy Butler shooting 25, three, uh, free throws a game. And they have maybe the worst contract in the league with Duncan Robinson. Remember they gave him the yep. bag a couple years ago and he's literally been giving them hardly Nothing. anything the last couple of seasons that Miami series. I don't think we should have any expectations when we get to that weekend, because you're talking about, they play at home against Boston on Monday. I would venture to believe that the players are going to push to leave to get to Miami that night because then you would get Tuesday in Miami, play against the Heat on Wednesday, stay in Miami Wednesday night, all day Thursday, you're off, and then you have a Friday night game against Miami. I fully believe the 305 curse is real. And I expect yes. the Cavs to come out completely flat. Oh, that'd be it's so brutal. In those two games against it's Miami. Awful television. <laughs> like, I think the second one in that stretch, the Friday, March 10th game, it looks like it's on NBA TV right now. Like, I do think actually the Cavs are going to get some love in terms of national broadcasts. They got a Boston one on March 1st. It's going to be on ESPN. Wednesday, February 15th. So actually this coming Wednesday, yeah. they got that game against the Sixers on Big Boy ESPN at 730. Big. Big. You can see some t- a couple of TNTs thrown in there, but this is a manageable schedule mm-hmm. if they're just able to keep within themselves mm-hmm. and how they've been playing despite, not despite injuries, but they've just been playing healthy. And you they got to scoop up a lot of these games because you mentioned that Denver game coming out of the break against the 76ers. After that, it's a nice run of Eastern Conference opponents. So that's where you got to start making up ground and making up for Katie and Kyrie no longer being in the Eastern Conference because it's straight Eastern Conference opponents all the way down for a very long time until you get to the end of March against the Houston Rockets. So when you come out of the break and you play on the 23rd, do I have that right? The 23rd against Denver, you're getting a whole month of Eastern Conference games. Got to start cooking then. Got to start cooking then. Yeah, and it's just – it's – it's a great spot to be in if yeah. you're Cleveland because you've got opportunities not only to get right game, I mean to get games against much inferior competition. Mm-hmm. But then you've also got a couple challenges, like I said, two against Philly, two against Boston. You got to try and navigate something at a Miami Charlotte road trip. Mm. But 
I think for this team, you know, and, and winning in as many different ways as it feels like they have been winning before this last month, that things are starting to come together from an offensive standpoint to now everybody has a great understanding of their role. It's not mm-hmm. just like these guys are coming into their roles. I mean, obviously Donovan Mitchell knew his role from the start of things, mm-hmm. but it was how was Evan Mobley? How was Jared Allen? How was Darius Garland? You know, how is whoever gets put at the three in any given night going to factor into what they want to do offensively? And then with JB, it, it was, for me, how was he going to be able to kind of play off of that mm-hmm. in different lineups? And like you had mentioned, the three-guard lineup the other night, it's like this is a wonderful at least showing of a great understanding of what they what they are. Yeah, and when you talk about roles, even adding a guy like Danny Green, to me, that's not hard to infuse him into you can this because plop him in. So he signs Tuesday. Um, okay, so he probably won't play against Philadelphia, but at, right out of, out of the All-Star break, yeah. he's ready to go. Right, and he's not a guy that's taking the ball out of Darius nope. or Spider's hand. He's a spot-up shooter. He's not going to dribble. So when you watch him... He's like Clay Thompson. Danny Green hardly will ever put the ball just, on the floor. I, I want, and, and it's been it's been done really well over the past couple of weeks. Get the ball moving. That's it. Just move the damn move thing. the damn ball around. But that guy, I think, absolutely is easy to put in to this team. He's a vet. He knows exactly what this team needs from him. Couple threes a game. Try to play some good defense and just absolutely stay in that role. And I think that's absolutely easy to do at, at, at in the middle portion of a season. But offensively, I think they still have some things to figure out the rest of the way. The one thing I don't think they have to figure out is this defense. Because as long as this defense continues to show up the way that it is, that's something that absolutely will travel in the postseason. I mean, you're talking two of your last three games. They've held teams to under 90 points, which is absurd in today's NBA. I know the Bulls aren't great, but I was laughing at how the Cavs held. The Cavs scored 14 points in the second quarter. The Bulls only scored 20. So then the Cavaliers followed that 20-point performance defensively up with 15 mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely, I mean, there were there were stretches of the season where JB, I think, wanted to take the junkyard dog mentality away from it. Yeah. And it's slowly been infused in this to where, yeah, they're able to, they're complementing offensively and defensively so well right now. They just make everything tough for, for everybody that they play against defensively. I mean, when you're sixth in the league in opponents field goal percentage and you're number two as a team in rebounding, you're limiting everybody's opportunities and you're making them take really, really tough shots. And that's an amazing combination to have with Ev and Jared and other guys helping out in the rebounding category, but everyone else as a unit making their shots hard and difficult. Yep. That's a, an amazing formula to have, man. That's what's so important with KD now out West, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you've got one more team who you've got the size advantage over. And yes. there were already so many teams in the East that you had the size advantage over. And what I had been so frustrated in was just at points in the season, they didn't want to utilize it as mm-hmm. much yeah, and they didn't want to go to it as much. And obviously Donovan Mitchell is the focal point in any offense that he's really ever going to be on. Yeah. But now they're starting to make it a, a happy marriage of mm-hmm. both, or at least they're trying to. So my hope is they don't go into the all-star break and then forget how to basketball like that coming out, mm-hmm. because that's a very hard thing to pick back up if you lose it 100% for a agree. week, because it, it did take a little bit of time yeah. the beginning of the season to kind of get to where we are now. Right. And it's almost for me, like when your team's playing like this, like, I don't want them to take time off. Yeah. I don't, I don't no. know if I want them uh, on that I break. You. I feel you because the thing that you always want, is just your team to have this feeling of no matter what situation we get into, whatever playoff series we get into, we want to just have really good momentum going on. And right now that's what the Cavs have completely is this win streak of six games in a row. I don't care who they're playing, who hasn't been playing. You're in the association. You you can get beat, eat 
not eating. Oh, any that's team can Friday eat you. After, any team can that, eat you on any given night. That's the Friday night. night special right there. But you can get beat by anybody, man. So, no, I'm with you, man. It's a great point. Like, this momentum that they have, they have to continue to finish this thing off against the San Antonio Spurs, I believe, tonight. Yep. Get this thing done against Philly. You know what you got to deal with in Joel Embiid and James Harden because they're playing good ball right now uh, down in the land of cheesesteaks. But I'm with you, man. This team, this is who we thought they could be. This is who they thought we could be. It's just about... When we get into the postseason, are we going to feel good about taking on Giannis, taking on Jason Tatum, and taking on Jalen Brown? Still got some work to do to get to that point, but that would be a very, very fun series. I still want Boston and the Cavs in seven games. Yeah, I, I, I think that the league kind of needs that too, right? That's what like, we need. Especially with the lack of star talent in the East. Yes. I, I get the 76ers are, are popular with – Philly fans, yeah. but I, and I, I think I think Joel Embiid's a superstar. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I think he is. But he's not what an all star this year. And I was like, well, yeah. how does that not happen? Like he's playing like one. The all star voting, I don't understand. It's the weirdest it, damn it's, thing so, in the world. So hit or So miss. I go back to like, would the NBA want the Cavaliers in Donovan Mitchell and company and a very young nucleus that's so talented mm-hmm. to become kind of that team that emerges as. Like I'm not, a, I don't know if I use America's team, but like a team yeah. that you get kids in other markets. Like when I, you know, you go to a, an Oklahoma City and you see kids in a Ja Morant jersey. It's mm-hmm. like, is that what the NBA wants for Spider Mitchell? You know, if if you go out to Sacramento and you're seeing kids, oh, I want to be Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Sadly, the way my mind works, I think the NBA would want Donovan Mitchell to be in a Knicks uniform. Probably and be successful more so than a Cavs Probably. uniform just because you know how all the media market stuff all goes and all I the guess TV I'm stuff just goes. hoping just that they could maybe want the Cavs to be that. But they you're right. I'll say this though. When you look at all the teams behind the the Clippers, the Clippers, the Cavs right now, the Nets aren't as entertaining. No. The Heat aren't as entertaining. The Nets are done? The They have Solid talent. They feel they more players. They feel more play in right play now in than feels play like off. The ultimate ceiling yes, for Brooklyn. I would agree with that. But as far as an entertaining brand of basketball goes, the Cavs are right there with anybody in the East. Honestly, what they they have two guards that can hit you up for fifty. They have Big Ben that can catch lobs and do a whole bunch of really good things up in the air. Like, I really think they have an entertaining brand. It's just about outside of our neck of the woods. Is it hitting the same? And that's what I don't yeah. know. Because I just I, I keep looking at the East now, yeah, and I I don't see a team that I'd be terrified no. as a Cavs fan to face in a seven game no. series, and not even Boston or Milwaukee. No. I think both those teams we would look at and probably say they would be favorites in those. Sure, games. of course. But we've watched the Cavs go toe to toe and beat Boston this season. We've watched Milwaukee and Cleveland get on the floor, and I didn't come out of that thing thinking that Cleveland didn't deserve to be on the same court. It wasn't. Yeah, these two teams are very right. far apart. It's like these two teams are even. What you Almost need, even. all you need is one guy that can be the best player in any series, and the Cavs absolutely have that. And as long as you have that guy and dudes around them that do not suck and another guy that can be an all-star caliber player, you're going to have a chance, I believe, to go toe-to-toe with anybody, and the Cavs, to me, have that formula. All right, so now as we kind of come down from what was the craziest NBA trade deadline in a while. Yeah. Because it usually does happen kind of around the Super Bowl. And uh, and I think LeBron, you know, obviously breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring mark, adds a little bit more, you know, throws a little bit more gas onto that fire that is, you know, the NBA roaring over for whatever the Super Bowl could add. But I, and I was I was talking to some friends about this because there was just general apathy yeah. with the Chiefs and the Eagles matchup. And I was like, I wondered if here locally or here in the state of Ohio, if the fervor that surrounded the Bengals in the Super Bowl would have eclipsed LeBron, the scoring mark, and 
everything that happened with the trade deadline. And I think as seismic as was everything was, it still would not have. I don't think so either. it's not a game. You're just talking about preparation for a game. Where these are things that are happening in live real time that in matter. The, in what we saw was obviously history with LeBron. That'll never be touched. Probably never be right. touched ever again. I'm with you on that. And you can think about the name brand that is Kevin Durant getting traded. Even Kyrie. Correct. Right? Like, and especially KD, like... You don't see guys like this get traded very often, if ever, if ever. So when that happens, I still think that would have been the headline, regardless of who's playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? I didn't think when they moved Kyrie that they would move KD as well. It started to get weird. It started to get weird when we had the reports of the conversations between KD and the front office were happening about the future. How many weird conversations had there been, though, since Durant landed in Brooklyn? The only reason why my mind started to open up to that was, okay, well, if they're having meetings, they're clearly not having meetings about, okay, everything's fine, let's just move forward. KD wanted to figure out where their heads were at, or he was like, get me the hell out of there. And we just watched the man request to get everybody bounced just a handful of months ago. So when one of his best friends, and I'm using air quotes, decides to bounce out of there if i'm kd absolutely i would look at that situation and say yeah i like spencer Dinwiddie, i like dorian finney smith but i ain't winning the chip with these dudes but now he's got all the pressure on the in the world on, on him because man he, he has to get this thing done he's right? got to win a title he has to Phoenix. win a chip I, yeah there's no other Do option you have any for confidence Kevin that he does it though i don't i He's that great. I have to say yes. Okay. But history has shown me that something will go wrong. Yeah. Something will go wrong. And it's there's two guys that they're relying on that have that same vibe, and it's Chris Paul and KD. Something exactly. just they're always like, goes wrong. They're players with the same quasi-legacy <laughs> in that you just you can't do it. Because yeah. Kevin Durant's one championship mm-hmm. is with the Golden State Warriors. And yes. I, I think that it is unfair to just lob that all on him. Like, oh, you had to go join the Warriors to do it. But it's there. Yeah, it was Fair, weak, unfair. It was weak, though. It's there. It's it completely the tilted everything. Oh, yeah. The, it completely tilted everything. Look, you got to, like, balance it with he joined the best team ever. <laughs> and made, and that made them <laughs> the best team ever. I don't care. You it's pick incredible. any team in the history of the league, they're losing to them in a series. They're losing to them. Oh, in yeah, you put in any team. I don't care. Any team all time. They're losing. I'm not hearing. Them. I'm yeah. not hearing anybody. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. They, especially, you know, the team that's gonna come up. Uh huh. 95, yep. 96 Bulls. The, the all-time <laughs> Bulls team. I still think would fall to this all-time. They would Warriors beat them team. in five games. Yeah. I honestly believe they would that. have no idea what to do with the Warriors shooting. Oh, and I, I don't know how you, how they back then guard Kevin Durant without just face punching him. Yeah, there's nothing. You without can just do. a punch. There's nothing you can <laughs> like, do. He's he's just a freak show, man. He's a freak, but. It's a shame that it's gone this way. But it has to be this way. When you are touted by the media, and I don't know how this happened, is the best player in the world, uh, you have to somehow, some way, come out of the shadow that was Golden State and do it on your own. And you've lined up with guys that are all-timers at every single spot, man, at every single spot, and you have it cashed in. The dude's incredible. He's a top 15 guy, no doubt to me. But I just want to see him be up on that podium and him lead the charge. That's all. Just one time. One time. You're probably not going to get that. <laughs> that's, and that's a shame. Oh, so from one week to the next where we had uh, insanity one week, we will have a little, probably a little bit of quiet by the time uh, we reconvene next week. But so far, so good for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So far, so good is good enough 
going into the all-star break because things went so south last year around this time. So I'm Eric Reeser. That is Maddie Ice Hayes. We will join you or you can join us next week somewhere, wherever you yeah. get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Very Cavalier. Make sure to hit subscribe on whatever podcast thing you're listening to.